where we watch and talk about the show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan, and I've seen this one. I'm Brittany, and I have missed it. Uh, and welcome to our break between Buffy Season 2 and Buffy Season 3, where we are going to watch something that could not be more different from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, by which I mean we are staying in the realm of fantasy and we're going to watch Underworld. Yay! Um... You are vaguely aware of Underworld? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that I've seen parts and bits and pieces and stuff of it because my dad does own some of them. Sure. And, and has watched them. There are five of these movies. Yeah, and has Kate Beckinsale in it. Kate Beckinsale is the lead. She's in all of them. Yeah. Well, she's in four of them. Um, the other one that is a uh, bit of a prequel doesn't have her in it. Yeah, it's Michael Sheen or whatever. Uh, yes, Michael Sheen is in this amongst other people. I will yeah. begin with the IMDb summary. Celine, that's Kate Beckinsale's character. Celine, a vampire warrior, is entrenched in a conflict between vampires and werewolves while falling in love with Michael, a human who is sought by werewolves for unknown reasons. Um, I'm going to read this larger description too because i think it does a much better job of this against the backdrop of an unseen centuries-old war between the sophisticated vampire clan and the brutish can of lycanthropes the lichens the lethally alluring vampire assassin and member of the elite death dealer squad Celine, has devoted her existence to eradicating the earth's scattered pockets of remaining werewolves so she's all about killing them werewolves yeah, she and she's a vampire. Yeah. I didn't realize she was a vampire. I she thought she is was a, a werewolf. No, she's a vampire. Oh. And the vampires are kind of all-powerful, secret society, hoity-toity, rich. Okay. Everything's going well for them. The werewolves are brutish and need to be put down, more or less, is the okay. vampire's uh, point of view. And since this is about Celine, this film is from her point of view, so it is from the vampire point of view. Okay. With the death of the Lycan's supreme overlord, Lucian, the vampire's victory seems near. However, when their archenemy takes a special interest in the seemingly harmless human doctor, Michael Corvin, Selene will unearth a long-standing conspiracy. Now, treason, deceit, and conflicting feelings stand in the way of truth, forcing Selene to break protocol for the sake of the vampire race. In a forbidden relationship put in jeopardy or noble quest, is this the beginning of a new era and an entirely different war? Uh, yeah, this is Vampires versus Werewolves. It is set in the real world. It is Earth. It is secret societies. People don't know they exist. It is mm-hmm. all of that. Okay. I am very excited. Uh, the first Underworld movie is what we're watching. It came out in 2003. It is rated R. It is two hours and one minute. Uh, I remember watching this movie. I think I was probably like, I don't know. I don't, I was just too young to see it in theaters. I remember watching it later where I was probably like 15, 16, somewhere in there. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> that you were allowed to watch it. Uh, I think it was at a friend's house. Okay. 
But yeah, there's a lot of people in this movie. Kate Beckinsale, Celine. Uh, Michael is played by Scott Speedman, who was in Triple uh, X, uh, who was in The Strangers. He was in uh, three seasons of Animal Kingdom on, uh, I think that's TBS, TNT, TNT, it's on TNT. Uh, he's Michael. Uh, and then Michael Sheen plays Lucian, King of the Werewolves. Yeah, Michael Sheen is, I think he's in that Prodigal Son show. Yes, I think you are correct. I'm pretty sure he plays the the serial killer dad. Gotcha. Bill Nighy's in this. He was in Shaun of the Dead, right? Yes, he was the dad. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Nighy's in this. He's Victor. He's a vampire. Um, also in this, uh, Sophia Miles, Robbie G, Erwin Leader. And one, Wentworth Miller. Yes. Plays Dr. Adam. So we are going to go watch this. Hopefully it holds up. I don't remember the individual movies in this as much as I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. They all kind of blur together because there are five of them. I right. remember the prequel one pretty well, but that's because it's different. Right. That makes sense. So time to dive into the underworld. We'll be right back. back we've just watched underworld the first one from 2003 that was a little longer than i remembered it being it felt really long it did feel really long it did feel like a movie that just kind of should have ended about 20 minutes earlier um Mm -hmm. or like the first half hour should should not have happened it was unnecessary it, it was um longer than it needed to be certainly yeah and uh, I certainly, certainly have mixed up these movies in my head because there were things that I kept waiting for to happen that did not happen. Uh-huh. And things that happened that I went, wait, that's not, oh, I guess that is this one, isn't it? Oh, well. Gotcha. Have you, you've seen all of them? Yes. Gotcha. I don't think I've seen like them all in order, like within days of each other to really like kind of binge it and understand the entire underworld verse uh-huh so to speak yeah i mean i enjoy this movie though and i don't know how much of it is nostalgia but i it, it held up better than i thought it would it is long it does drag in places mm-hmm. but i enjoyed it on the rewatch for sure i'm probably gonna give it like a seven seven and a half but like a six a six it, yeah not your favorite no that's fine uh, yeah. Honestly, my rating would probably be higher if it was just like 15 or 20 minutes shorter. Gotcha. Just a little more concise would have been nice. Yeah. Uh, IMDb has this rated at a 7, even, out of 10. I do believe it is the highest rated of all of the Underworld films. Yes, the second one is 6-7. The prequel is 6-6. Uh, the 
third one is 6-4, and the fourth one is a 5-8. So It makes me sad that the prequel is rated not so great, because I feel like that one is the one I want to see. Right, the story of Lucian and Sonia. Yeah, it's very good. I think it suffers from you knowing the ending. But even then, like... The story of how you get there is pretty good. I remember liking it. Yeah, that's the one that I want to see. That's the character that I care about. Also because it was Michael Sheen. That's helpful, but like that's the character that I care about. They truthfully didn't make me care about Selene at all. Yeah, you don't really care about her because all the stuff about her family and parents and everything comes up too late yes. in the movie for you to care. Yes, because she's a main she's the character and even and Kate Beckinsale is very good. But even in the telling of what happened to her family, like, I just, I didn't care. Right. It was too late. We already yeah. had, you already had opinions about her as a character. Yeah. Right? I wrote that I appreciated it. I appreciated that it, she had the story. She had her quote unquote why. Yes. Like, why she does what she does. Her going after the werewolves makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And She's a death dealer and there's a reason for it. Yes, it made sense why she was at war with the werewolves, and I appreciated that they told us that, and even if it was too late, I appreciated that it was there, but I still, it didn't make me care. Sure. I think the filmmakers tried to tell the story in a very specific way and tried to keep the audience in the dark as much as they could for as long as possible, which is uh, ambitious, And at times it works, but it doesn't work all the time. And I think if Celine's backstory comes out earlier and we care about her more, there's no hook to bring you into the story. No. And the thing is, the flashbacks that we kept seeing, I thought they had to do with her. Ah, yeah. Every time we saw it, especially because the woman that they got to play whatever her name is. Sonia. Yeah, looks so much like Kate Beckinsale. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, that's the point. I thought it was her. I thought those were the flashbacks that we were seeing. And then she told us her story, so I was very confused. Right. And then Michael kept saying that they were flashbacks or hallucinations that he was seeing. So, like, that's what I cared about. Right, and they were Lucian's memories. And that was the thing. We saw that backstory flashback four times, I Mm -hmm. think, before... We were told what it was. Yeah. Which is really interesting storytelling. Yeah. And the cinematography of it was very good. Like mm-hmm. the, the way they shot this film, yeah. very good. The way they lit it, the way they paced it, yeah. the way they did all of the, the, the hard work of making a film, all of that is very good. Yeah. Um, there's just moments in the story that, you know, we... It'd be nice if think some things were a little earlier, some things were a little later, if a couple things were a little more clear. Yeah. Because there's no hook. There's nothing to take you, the audience member, and drag you in. Like The yeah. hook is, hey, look, it's vampires and werewolves and they have guns. That's what's supposed to drag you in. You're supposed to go, oh, that's so cool. That's so... What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. How does this work? Like, And that's supposed to be the hook. 
Um, but it's such a specific hook that yeah. if that doesn't grab you, there's nothing else there. Yep. So I do think that on the rewatch, I saw more things and experienced it a little differently because I knew. Right. right. I know the story of Lucian and Sonia. I know the story of Victor. I know how it all works and fits together. Yeah. So I already know why Celine cares about killing vampires or about killing werewolves. Yeah. That makes sense to me. It feels like one of those movies that the more times you watch it, the better understanding and deeper appreciation you can get for it. Yeah. But that doesn't help if you only see it once. Yeah. The thought I actually had was, do you remember the movie um, The Prestige with Christian Bale? Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one all the way through. Well, there you go. Um, But that's another movie that has a lot of twists and turns, and they don't tell the audience the entire story. You get it in pieces and pieces as it goes on, and there's twists and turns. And then on the rewatch of that, it's very interesting because you know what happens, so you watch the movie differently. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of movies like that where they have, like, this huge twist that when you rewatch it, you have a different feel for it. Mm -hmm. Specifically, I always think of, like, that first probably 45 minutes to an hour of Gone Girl. Mm. Like, when I watched it the first time, I was, like, on the edge of my seat because, like, you watch it in this whole completely different light. Mm -hmm. And And then you get the twist and you're like, what <laughs> right yeah and then i i really enjoy watching that movie again like re-watching that movie just because i like re-watching that first 45 minutes to an hour knowing what i already know sure yeah and some movies and uh tv episodes do that and pull that off really well and yeah. the watch is really really worth it mm-hmm. i'm thinking of seven I love that movie. Right? Once you know the twist in Seven and rewatching it, oh man, that's a different movie. I, w- I would watch that movie every day if I could. Yeah. I but love then it there's, so much. there's, and then like uh, Fifth Element. I've seen that one time. Yeah. So the rewatch on that is a bit crazy, right? But there's all these things like that. But then there's other examples that the rewatch is not so great. For example, the Buffy episode Ted. Yeah. Pointless on a rewatch is what you discovered. Yeah, kind of. So it's it's interesting. It's a very specific way of telling a story. It's a very interesting way of telling a story through this medium. And you do not do this accidentally. Yeah. Another movie that I'm thinking of is, like, have you ever seen The Usual Suspects? I think I've seen it once. Okay. That's Kevin Spacey in it. And I've also only seen it once. But there's, like, a huge twist at Mm, the end mm -hmm. that... I want to watch it again, but I've I've never seen it again, so I don't know what that rewatch is like. It's a two-hour movie, so we're not going to talk about the whole thing. I guess we could start with the differences in lore. Yeah, I... Let's kind of start there, because 
uh, I think we've talked about this on previous episodes. Underworld was really like my first vampire werewolf mm-hmm. uh, exposure, uh, which is a very specific set of rules. Yeah. And Buffy and Supernatural is where you get your rules. Yep. Wildly different. Mm-hmm. So what's jumped out to you? Yeah, that's mainly what I wrote down, honestly. Um, I wrote down, <laughs> stakes don't kill vampires, but guns do. <laughs> I mean, if you do it right. <clears throat> right, they never actually showed a vampire getting staked in the heart, I guess. So I didn't know if that worked or not. No, I don't think they ever show a vampire getting staked in this one. I think it comes up in a different movie. Um, That would make sense. Like, you would have to. If you actually do multiple movies and you're going to continue with the lore, you have to... That has to come up. It has to come up, yeah. But they do uh, kill a vampire early on with their ultraviolet bullets. Yes. I wrote down... I asked if it was holy water because he pulled it out and it, like, smoked. Gotcha. Like in Buffy, when they get hit by sunlight or holy water, I just assumed it was holy water, but no, it was daylight. Yeah, <laughs> the other one. Yeah, this whole movie, they never talk about staking. They never talk about garlic. They never talk about. Yeah. Like several of the 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 tropes, they talk about silver a lot. Yeah, but that with goes the with the werewolves. werewolves. Um, but even then, they very specifically call it an allergy. Yeah. Like, they say that werewolves are allergic to silver, Mm -hmm. which I love that description. I forgot that's what they called it, that that was the phrasing they used, that it it could eventually kill them, and the exposure will kill them with enough of it. Made me think of, like, anaphylactic shock. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) Blow up like a balloon, and it depends on what part of their body. Right, yeah, it depends where you got shot. Yeah. With the silver bullet, right? But, like, they go to a torture room, an interrogation room, where vampires torture lichens. Yeah. And there's a line, there's a there's a medical tray next to the torture chair that has, like, the remnants of silver bullets and such yeah. that had been pulled from someone. And Michael says, what's that for? And she says, we have to take the silver out of them. To make them talk. Or they'll die too quickly. Or they'll die too quickly. What do you do after that? We put the bullets back in. Yeah. Which is dark, but that's this world. That's this mm-hmm. movie. Um, vampires also have reflections mm-hmm. in this. Yep. I didn't know if it was a mistake the first time. Gotcha. No, it is not a mistake. Because it was in like the two-way mirror thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if it was just a mistake and they forgot to take it out. Nope. Yeah. Vampires have reflections. Um, vampires can also enter somebody's house without permission. Without yes. permission. They, that is ignored. They don't need that rule. I think, gosh, it's been so long since I've seen these movies. I think at some point they also address that mm-hmm. kind of in a roundabout way. Like I think somebody figures out how how to force that to happen. Gotcha. Maybe, but it was like a very specific set of circumstances. I might even be just making that up. I'm not sure. Gotcha. Something that's not necessarily different, but I kind of just have a question about it. 
Um, so a werewolf can bite you and you turn into a werewolf. A vampire can bite you and you turn into a vampire. Nothing else needs to happen in that process. Right. It. The way that they describe it in this is they, they describe uh, vampirism and lycanthropy as viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically a human can get infected by either generally from a bite and then it depends on that person's body chemistry and all of that to see whether their body accepts the virus and turns them into such or it just kills them gotcha that's kind of similar to supernatural with getting turned into a vampire they talk about getting infected but you don't make the full transformation until you drink human blood Gotcha. I think there is something about, like, you can, like, help it along, right? Like, you can prepare people so that they're more ready to be infected with the virus and their body's more willing to receive Mm -hmm. it and things like that. They spend so much of this movie trying to combine vampirism and lycanthropy into one person. Yeah. So... I just didn't know if it was you had to be bitten by a werewolf or if a werewolf just like scratch you i think you have to be bitten okay i think on buffy you also have to be bitten but i know in a lot of werewolf lore it's you just have to be scratched yeah if they get you at all yeah they can like that in, can be it. in supernatural it's a scratch yeah if you're a bite exposed. too but yeah that they also uh, supernatural is a lot of it's a virus as well with both of them yeah the other difference along those lines is in Buffy, vampires are demons. They're mm-hmm. possessed. They don't have souls. Yeah. Right? And all of that stuff. In this, they're just humans with a virus. They're humans that, whose blood chemistry has been transformed. Right. Like because it changes their, their DNA. Yeah, because it showed when the guy got reawakened, Victor got reawakened, they showed his organs starting again. Yeah. Like his heart started beating. Right. Which is completely different because of a vampire and buffy you're dead yes yeah. your heart does it's not very beat. different you do not have blood coursing through your body right i mean there's someone's full blood, scenes of victor in this being hooked up to blood transfusions basically yeah. so that he can regain his strength because he, yeah. he needs to constantly feed basically mm-hmm. which on that in this vampires can be reawakened which is different than in Buffy, but also similar because that's kind of what happened with the Master. Yeah, it is kind of what happened with the Master, although that was more magic-y spells and less blood sacrifice. Yes. But still kind of there. The lore that's established is there's three elder vampires. Two of them die in this movie, so all that's left is Marcus. But they basically take turns one century on, two centuries off. Yeah. And that's how they've been able to keep vampirism secret, but also united and pushing forward and having advances in technology and such. I mean, they make the the mention about they figured out how to clone blood, and that's how they make their money mm-hmm. and hide from the world. Yeah. No, I was I did have a question about that because I didn't understand what makes somebody an elder vampire versus just a regular vampire like what's so special about those three 
vampires versus everybody else. I think they dive into it in one of the other ones. Maybe okay. that happens in the prequel, maybe, because I'm pretty sure Marcus and Amelia are in that prequel one. Okay. Which is, you know, however hundreds upon hundreds of years earlier it is. Um, I think it has to do with the original vampires. I think they're, like, original vampires. Gotcha. Like, you know, direct descendants of the first vampire or whatever. And they've been around for so long. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I I mean, Martin Sheen's character. Lucian. Lucian did mention that he'd been around for upwards of 600 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Which is crazy because the vampires... Like, the oldest one that we've met so far, besides the master, was Angel, who's 240 years old. Right. Time works a little differently here. Yeah. But I guess that is one difference is that in the world of Buffy, vampires just kind of do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have a leader. No. They kind of band together and they do things and then they break apart or whatever. Mm-hmm. In this, in Underworld, there's head vampires. Right. Kind of like, I hate to always bring it up, but we have to, kind of like Twilight. I mean, kind of. They have head vampires. Like the family and then the... charge of everything and keep the rules, but... Are they called the council, too? I don't remember. I don't remember. I could not tell you. And I really (laughs) do not want to look it up. I mean, I told you that we should watch one of the Twilight movies. But not the first one or the last one. We'll just pick a different one and just watch that out of context, out of order, and never watch another one again. I mean, New Moon and Eclipse are probably the best ones. Gotcha. There's just one, that one random scene in the last movie that's the best. Mm. The actual, the fake fight. The fake fight. The fake fight in Breaking Dong Part (laughs) 2 is incredible. It's so good. I remember it happening. It started... And they chopped off Carlisle's head, and I was like, um, excuse me? Yeah, it was a really, oh. really good uh, fake head out. fake for the so audience good. that had already read the book, yeah. too. Like, what the heck is happening? I about lost my mind. I remember seeing that in theaters and the audience not being happy. About, I was thrilled. I about lost delightful. my mind. Anyway, that's enough Twilight for now. Speaking of fighting, let's talk about the fighting. Okay. So, let's start with the guns. There's a lot of guns in this. I forgot how many guns were in this. Yeah. I remembered, you know, Selena has guns, Kate Beckinsale has guns, it's a whole thing. I forgot how many guns there were. Right. She doesn't even have, I wouldn't even consider that Kate Beckinsale has guns. Like, she's not the one that I look at and be like, yes, you had a gun. Yeah, she had pistols. Maybe it's because she ended the fight with a sword. She did end it with the sword. And so. That epic shot. Yeah. But, like, yeah, they had guns, which I thought was weird. I didn't yeah. understand. And they, had different, really they understand. had different bullets, and they were trying different things, and they had different techniques, and they had, 
You know, it was a little bit of we're going to advance, then they advance, then we advance, then they advance, and we figure things out. And vampires are smart, and vampires are scientific, and vampires know how medicine works, and all of these things. Right? And and they were, it was what, you know, a modern day vampire coven could look like. Mm Mm-hmm. And answering the questions of, okay, so if they've made it this long, what have they had to do to do this and still be this um, well off? Yeah. So, yeah, but there's a lot of guns. There's Mm -hmm. so many guns. Yeah, I wouldn't even say, like, the guns are, like, I wouldn't put the guns in the category of even fighting because all they have to do is point a fake gun at somebody and shoot. Point and shoot, right? So... And then special but, effects yes. take us yep. over from there. But the fight choreography mm-hmm. in this. It's like, pretty good. It's, it is so good. And there's different kinds of choreography at different points. Mm-hmm. Like there's, they have a random fight with a werewolf versus a vampire with two whips. Yeah, that, that was, was so cool. It was also really random because neither of those characters mattered. I didn't know who they were. Yeah, they, yeah, they both end up dying. But it was so It was good, really good. Right? The whips were very, very good. Right? And I think they were lined with silver, too. I think so. Like, it was so good. I forgot yeah. about the whip fight. The whips were really and good. And then they have... The th- I mean, the whole sword. Like, Victor had the sword, and then... Mm-hmm. Victor had the sword. And, and Celine had the sword. Celine had the sword, and that's a shot when mm-hmm. Victor's head gets cut in half. Yeah. That is gruesome. That's your R rating right there. <laughs> I mean, it was already R before that moment, but... Yeah. That completes it. Yeah. Because that was gruesome. But the fight choreography, particularly between Victor and Michael at the end, Mm -hmm. it was so well done, but it was so feral, Mm -hmm. and it was very clearly monsters going at it, Mm -hmm. right? And and just giving into their baser instincts, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And it was so well done. Yeah, I'm the fight. All of the fighting in this, honestly, just made me want to watch Kill Bill. To be it's honest, it's kind of like that because of the uh, frame rates of the cameras. Mm-hmm. It speeds up and slows down. Speeds up and slows down. Yeah, I was like, this just makes me want to go watch Kill Bill. To I'm be sure honest, that's where they got some of the inspiration, probably especially for Celine for some of the shots, the mm-hmm. slow mo stuff of her moving and jumping and fighting. Yeah. I mean, it's Tarantino, so it's real good. Yeah. This is not Tarantino. This is not Tarantino. We should, we should clarify. This is it would definitely be not Tarantino. bloodier and, honestly, probably would not have had guns if it was Tarantino. Probably not. He doesn't really like guns unless they have a very specific purpose. Yeah. But, yeah, the fights in this, like, they're so good. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Everyone worked together really well. Like, I, I couldn't tell... At least I, maybe if I would have paid closer attention, but I couldn't tell when it was somebody's stunt double versus them. Yeah, I was trying to see, too, and I couldn't either. Yeah. It was so well done. Yeah. We just mentioned frame rate, so let's talk about that. The way they show Supernatural Mm -hmm. in this is very simple, actually. Mm -hmm. It's just speeding up frame rate or slowing it down and letting something awesome happen. Yeah. Right? Like, whenever Celine or another vampire would jump from somewhere, right? And then just kind of land. And they would let her fall, let her fall, let her fall. And then it was slow just before she hit the ground. Or they would speed it up 
Yeah. And then it would return to normal as she hit the ground. Like, it was very simple things like that that you could do in post. Yeah. Right? But it works so well. Mm-hmm. The vampire sense, which was just kind of like tunnel vision and kind of grayed out, and it was just hearing a sound from very far away, and then you literally... The camera follows the sound from that location to wherever the vampire is. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. Like, it's just a tracking camera shot through tunnels yeah. or around corners or what have you. And then it gets to the person and then it snaps out of that tunnel vision thing. Yeah. But that's all it is. Like, that's speeding it up in post and adding some effects to it. There's a lot of very simple cinematography concepts that they use in here. And simple editing concepts that they just use really, really specifically. Yeah. And it it works. Yeah. They had a lot of CGI, though. And the only time that I could tell that and it was, like, almost funny Mm -hmm. was toward the beginning when they were going to... When I think Celine had gotten to Michael's apartment and he was out and she was trying to take him out... And then you saw, like, the four werewolves on the side of the walls. Yeah, that was CGI. You could kind of tell that. Yeah. The werewolves were running down the walls and the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only time that the CGI looked bad. Which is amazing, because this movie is 17 years old. And yeah. that's really the only effect I can look at. And so, mm, that didn't really hold up. Yeah. Everything else holds up. Yeah, like the um, animated... Like inside when they were showing, yeah, um, Victor come back mm-hmm. or be reawakened or whatever. I enjoyed that it reminded me of House, but wasn't too much like it. That's true. Yeah, it worked really well. Yes, it is amazing to me that this was done in two thousand and three, which means the effects were done probably a year before. Yeah, which means that this was done at the end of Buffy. Yeah. As Buffy and Angel were ending. Yes. So, obviously, this is a major motion picture with a large budget. Correct. And not a TV show on the WB. Mm-hmm. But, like, this was available towards the end. So, it, it almost intersects. So, mm-hmm. um, But it did come out at the end of Buffy. So, there clearly was a Buffy influence to it. Because... This movie comes out and you can absolutely see lifelong Buffy fans going, cool, vampire movie? I'm going to go see that. Mm -hmm. There was little to no influence evident from Buffy or Angel. No, the only thing that I can think of is the coat. Yeah, her coat. Because it looks very similar to Spike's coat. Mm Mm-hmm. Except it's more feminine because it, like, fans out a little bit more. Yeah, flares more. Um... But yeah, Angel has a coat like that and Spike have a, has a coat like that. Spike's is longer though. But that's the only thing that I can even think and that I can even like see that's similar. estimated budget for this movie was 22 million. Mm-hmm. It made that back in its opening weekend. 
Yeah, I mean. So this movie ended up worldwide grossing $95 million. I can imagine that uh, it being very popular at that time. Mm-hmm. A rousing success financially. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, and I mean, really, like, apart from the lack of a hook, and it's just a little too long, and it might be a little too confusing in places, like, those are all fixable things in the edit, right? Yeah. But apart from that, like, everything holds up. Everything's pretty good. The acting's pretty good. Everyone's very good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael Sheen's great. Bill Nighy's incredible. Yes. Like it's it it's a good movie. It just suffers from some story elements. Yeah. And even then, it's got enough good story elements that it it can pick up and cover. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's seventeen years later now. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad, and it spawned four more movies. And Kate Beckinsale certainly never has to work again. Mm -mm. I keep trying to figure out, like, where I actually know Kate Beckinsale from. Because, like, I know her. I know her name. But I've never seen the Underworld movies, so I don't... Van Helsing? No, she's in Pearl Harbor. I just remembered. That is where I know her from. Pearl Harbor. Serendipity? Oh, Serendipity is very good. I think she did Serendipity. It had to be around when she did Underworld because she has the same haircut. Yeah, Serendipity is 2001, Underworld's 2003, Pearl Harbor also 2001, so she had a couple of really good years there. Yes. Yeah, she plays, um, she's the main girl in Pearl Harbor. She's either supposed to be marrying Josh Hartnett and She's also in the um, Keanu Reeves' Much Do About Nothing. That's right, she plays... um, Hero. Yep. At this point, she makes movies whenever she feels like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite line? I guess we could... Use that. There was no angel sighting. No, there was no angel sighting. There's no Buffy's casual and inconsistent strength. Yeah. Uh, but do you have a line that stuck I, out to you that you enjoyed? I wrote down two lines. One that was actually funny and one that <laughs> I just thought was funny. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you who said it. I think it was Victor. He said, your incompetence is becoming more most taxing. That's the line I wrote down, too. It's very good. It's yeah. very funny. And it's delivered great. There's yeah. a vampire with a dozen tubes coming out of his back, and he's just done with Craven. Yeah. He's just done with him. Yes. I also wrote down, it was in the fight, also delivered by Victor. He went up to Michael and he had a hold of him or something and just said time to die because we couldn't think of anything more clever to say right. as he was trying to murder someone mm-hmm. than time to die. Right. There actually <laughs> isn't a lot of one-liners no. in this. They really tried to not have them. Yeah. Because everybody was too busy shooting their guns to actually have the one-liners. Mm-hmm. Which I can kind of appreciate the authenticity of it. Like, if you're shooting at each other, you don't stop so you can have witty banter. Yeah, this is not a movie that felt like it was a one-liner movie. Nothing in this movie felt like it was comedic either. No. It was not trying to be comedic. It was not trying to be funny in the slightest. There were... It wasn't funny. Yeah. I I didn't write this down. I wrote down the Werewolf Fight Club and it just reminded me of when... They, there was Werewolf Fight Club. There was yes. Werewolf Fight Club. 
when Michael Sheen said something about he didn't want them acting like a pack of rabid dogs. A pack of rabid dogs, but they are a pack of rabid dogs. Yes. <laughs> like it's who yes. they are. So be better. It was amazing. That's all I want from you. Be yep. better. I was really confused why everyone's teeth fit them very well, except the lead in your movie. Yeah, I don't know why. Like... It doesn't just, make any sense. Just because her mouth is really small? Like, I don't think her mouth even looks like it's really small. I don't know. But every time she closed her mouth, it looked like she had braces. Like her, like she couldn't close her mouth all the way, and she worked really, really hard to figure out how to. But everyone else's teeth were fine. Like, nobody else seemed to have that problem. Yeah, it just didn't fit. No, it was weird. The a werewolf transformation... Michael's nose started to bleed right before he became a werewolf, and I was confused. <laughs> does his no? Does your nose always bleed right before you become a werewolf? Is it bleed the first time you ever become a werewolf? I don't know. Or was he punched in the face at some point and nobody realized it, and then his nose he started just had to some bleed. blood coming out. I don't know. His bones were starting to rearrange. I was confused. I also right. don't like that sound, and I did the not bone en- cracking. Sound. Yes, I did not enjoy that it happened to him twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we saw. Werewolves shift three or four times. With no bones cracking, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but we saw the it elongate and it happened in stages yeah. and it it was it was a profile shot. It wasn't yeah. dead on, it was profile. Uh, and it's good and it holds up. Yeah, that kind of felt like it was almost an inspiration from Buffy because that's how Oz changes too. Like it looked very similar. Like the werewolf obviously didn't look like the Buffy one. Thank God. Um, but the way that they shifted and in the stages looked like how I shifted. Mm. Also forgot just how dark the movie is, like actually dark, visually dark. Yeah. I mean, it is about vampires, so it has to be all at night. So Mm -hmm. that is part of it. But gosh, it's so dark. But then it also made me go, oh, so this is what nighttime can look like uh, on, on camera when you have money. Yeah. Right? Because Buffy also is often at night and it's often dark, but they don't have money, so it looks grainy. And yeah. And their cameras are probably not as high quality. Yeah. Plus, it was. I think it's also helpful that most of this was taken place with a full moon. There is that. So it could be lit better. Yeah. It's also very consistent. Yes. Right? Like, there is a little bit of difference between outside and inside, but not that much. No, not that much. The color of the lighting changed. Yeah. Basically. But that's pretty much it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I mentioned this when we were watching it, but I don't understand why they can't put Kate Beckinsale in a wig. Because the the length of her hair hair is is different. different. Yeah. It kind of changes if it's wet or if it's dry or if it's a different scene or if it's a different shot, right? Because yes. well, because it's, it's so specific because mm-hmm. it's loose and in front of her face the whole time. Yes, and it is so severely at a precise angle yeah. and at a precise location on her neck that you notice. Yeah, if, when it's different. Mm-hmm. Because it's like straight across. Her hair is one length. There's no layers in it. It's parted down the middle like you did in 2003. Yep. 
and it changed lengths frequently. A couple of things from the trivia page. The producers greenlit a sequel and a prequel after the movie screened at the Toronto Film Festival before it was released. Nice. After everyone loved it and how popular it seemed to be. I mean, it ends with basically telling you that there's going to be a sequel. Yes. There were no special effects used to deepen uh, Kevin Grievous' voice, who played Ray's, the werewolf. The black guy? Yes. That lichen, that is his natural voice. I assumed that. I was just concerned for the amount that he smoked. Hopefully nothing, and hopefully it's just how his voice sounds naturally. Not only in this movie did Kate Beckinsale meet her future husband, director Len Wiseman, but I think I knew that. at the time she was in a long-term relationship with actor Michael Sheen. That's, that's awkward. Michael and Kate have a daughter who uh, appears in the film during a flashback of when Celine was younger. I did not know that. I didn't know that she had children with anyone but the director of this movie. Yeah, there you go. Or that she was dating Michael Sheen. And apparently um, the two men are very close friends now. And it's all good. So, I mean, they made more movies. Michael Sheen comes back and makes the prequel movie. Right. So The director directs all of them. He directed the first and second. He did not direct Rise of the Lycans. Um, but he is a writer on every single one. Gotcha. Rona Mitra, uh, who was considered for Celine, would later play Sonia in Underworld Rise of the Lycans. So they cast her here for Sonia, and then she does come back and play Sonia in that prequel. I've seen her in something before. She looked familiar to me. <clears throat> uh, Rona Mitra, known for Underworld. Um, she's also been in... She was on two seasons of Boston Legal. Um, she was on Supergirl a little bit, apparently. She's in Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. Gotcha. She's in Sweet Home Alabama briefly. Maybe that's where I've seen Maybe. her before. Yeah. I don't know. She just looked familiar to me. The movie was initially pitched as Romeo and Juliet for Vampires and Werewolves. I mean, I can see that. I can totally see that. It's not quite that, but the name Corvin, d- derived from Corvinus, is most likely a reference to Matthias Corvinus of Moldavia, Who's an ally of Vlad Tepes, who is the inspiration for Dracula, for Mm -hmm. Bram Stoker's Dracula. So it's all there. They do their work. Selene, in the Greek mythology, is in Greek. Selene in Greek mythology is the moon. Gotcha. Like they did their homework. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, they had. It's a movie. They had time. Apparently, they wanted to get David Bowie to show up as a vampire just to be there as a vampire, but. There were scheduling issues. (laughs) That would have been great. Mm -hmm. Both Michael Sheen and Wentworth Miller were uh, auditioned for the Michael role Mm -hmm. initially, and then were put in other places. Do you want to talk about Wentworth Miller? Pretty much the last thing we haven't talked about. I mean, he had hair. That's about... He did have hair. What... The extent of it was... Hair and no accent. Well, for him, a large accent, but for us, no accent. He's not... He doesn't have an accent in real life. Oh, he doesn't have an accent? No, Dominic Purcell does, technically. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's... Dominic Purcell's Australian. Gotcha. He lost the accent, but if you listen closely, you can hear it. 
Um, but yes, Wentworth Miller has hair, and it yeah, was Joe. strange. It was very strange. <laughs> it took me a second when he showed up and to go, oh right, that's him. I forgot he's got hair. Yeah, and I think this was right before Prison Break started. So he right before he sh- would have shaved it f- for Michael. Well, that'll about do it here for this episode of I Missed It. We will return next week. We will be jumping into Buffy Season 3. So that'll be exciting. We'll get back to what we've been doing. Thank you to everyone over at Ghostlight Media's Patreon uh, for your continued support of our network. Without you, this show literally would not exist, and we are so thankful that we get to make it. You can check out the network and all of the other great shows on it at ghostlightmedia.net. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever else you listen to us on. That would be great. We appreciate those. Well, that's it for us. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that your incompetency has become most taxing. I am not Bill Nye, but I try. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.